us on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. You will have to enter that in because the fact that we are adult content means that we have agreed to make ourselves unsearchable on their website. My name is Elle and I'm a sex educator. My name is Jen and I'm a private investigator. We want to learn more about ourselves. I'm like the boring vanilla one over here that's like, I don't do anything, but I'm, cu- I'm curious. And the fact that we're both sex workers means that we have insight into things taboo. Trigger warning, if you're easily upset by this stuff, maybe take a break. I have a feeling this is going to be weird. Sex and politics make for some very strange bedfellows. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. Uh, I think the theme of this episode is going to be do the best you can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Um, So let's do some catch up. We actually haven't sat with each other in a couple weeks. We had a nice little break. Yep. Yeah. So there were so many things that happened that I was like, oh, my God, I have to tell Jen. (laughs) Here's one that stuck out in my mind. Um, So, you know, when your alarms start going off, like you're like oh there's a lot of people in like around me and a lot of them are drunk and swinging their arms around and grabby throwing elbows throwing elbows yeah so I just basically walk through busy clubs now with one hand over my breasts and one hand over my ass (laughs) I just kind of slide through you know doesn't it make you wish you had a tail so you could like swat (laughs) one more thing for people (laughs) to grab (laughs) that's true I identified like five or six older middle-aged older men And I was like, all right, I'm going to squeeze through this little golf crowd. And sure enough, one of them in a, I just learned you say the hat, Titleist, the golf company, Titleist. It always looks like (laughs) Titleist to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So some guy in a fucking Titleist garb outfit. I watched him. He was about a foot taller than me. Yeah. I watched him look over his right shoulder, see that there was, you know, a figure there probably looks small and female because it's me. Um, And I look pretty feminine at work. And, you know, I got the hair and stuff. And I watched his other hand swing out and kind of like swat grab in my ass as I went by. And he got like the side of a right cheek. Okay. So I stopped immediately because, you know, it's me. And very loudly, I'm like, did you just grab my ass as I walked by? Because the thing is, anybody who hears me react needs to know exactly what What I think just happened. Not like, what the fuck? Because that doesn't tell anybody anything. Okay. So like... My advice here is if someone does something to you, you can be like, I just felt you X, Y, Z. Yeah. Are you exposing yourself to me? Exactly. So everyone who can hear it is caught up. So everybody turns around. And it was interesting because I've never seen this reaction happen. He kind of like and then dropped his head like he knew he was busted. But then he said to me, I'm sorry, I thought you were my wife. And I thought, your wife walking around the club in lingerie? Old guy? (laughs) I was like, don't ever do that to someone ever again. And I went to the dressing room and I was just like, processing, you know, like, what the fuck just happened? And so the bouncer sticks his head down the door and he says, Elle, are you okay? And I said, if that guy has a wife and she looks like me, just let him slide. But otherwise, I'm pretty pissed off right now. He's like, Elle, he's not here with any females. (laughs) Mm. I was like okay then get him out (laughs) so he asked him to leave and because he was with five or so friends each one of his friends who hadn't seen it and had heard me react they still went outside to be like what happened why'd you get kicked out and he each time apparently said because the bouncer heard this he said I fucked up 
I'm too drunk. I need to eat something and sober up. I fucked up. He didn't say I grabbed a girl, but he was like, I fucked up. So he left. And then one of his friends comes over to me later. He's like, how's your night? I'm like, it was pretty okay till your friend groped me. <laughs> he goes, what an asshole. I'm so sorry about that. Nobody deserves that. People, that's, you know, such an interesting thing that you brought that his unwillingness to admit, he, he admitted he fucked up, but he wouldn't say why. And let me tell you something that I have really come to learn firsthand about um about sex offenders is no one wants to view themselves as one they'll basically confess to you there will be all the evidence pointing that yes you did this thing but i mean these people still have to look at themselves in the mirror Mm -hmm. and being a gropey creeper you know quote unquote pervert whatever is people just cannot admit to themselves when they've made a sexual trans transgression like that you know it's so mm-hmm. weird the lengths that people will go to deny well i might have i might have slapped her ass or done this thing but i'm not a i'm not a rapist and mm-hmm. i'm not an abuser i'm not a, i didn't harass you i'm not that kind of person it's the lengths people will go to mm-hmm. as in being that kind of person says it necessarily I, makes you a bad person it yeah. makes you a person that did this bad thing even though i may like talk all kinds of shit on these people but i mean you think about it Mm -hmm. but why can't can't we admit like the nature of what we do wrong there's so much shame there's a parenting book called i believe it's called no bad children by janet lansbury and it's for toddlers but my ex-husband recommended it to me when we split up and we were co-parenting it was recommended to him by a therapist or somebody and it was it's a really good short easy little read and there's so much in there that when I look at it I'm like it's not about a good child or a bad child it's what are the impulses or the behaviors the child has how can we manage them in a healthy way so like if that man had said if he'd like really said I am so sorry I haven't touched a beautiful woman in years I shouldn't have touched you I should have paid for it Here's $5, $10, $20. I'm so sorry. Or even I didn't know what the rules were and I assumed my bad. I'm so sorry for making an assumption. Anything, any acknowledgement of what he did. It's not about a bad person. There are people who I think have way more bad things that they do. They don't offer or contribute anything. I've met very few truly. I'm not saying they don't exist, but being a completely bad, horrible person inside out mm-hmm. is pretty fucking rare. Um, there was another funny thing that happened. I had a guy come in a couple nights ago and he was about six inches shorter than me. And I'm pretty short. So he's a little dude. Very good looking. Um, I don't want to describe him too much because he pissed me off. And I don't want him to feel like if he ever happens to listen to this targeted because I for these reasons, I'll explain I'm not trying to like out him, but he was so drunk he could barely stand. He was patting my ass on the way into the dance room, which like is not something you do in my club. You don't touch the dancers. I mean, if it's like a mutual hug, sure. But so he's already pretty grabby. So drunk he can barely stand and walk so drunk. I can barely understand what he's saying, but he's recommending this book about feminism to me that I have to read and he won't stop trying to touch my ass (laughs) while he is recommending this book on yeah it's it's, it's like a fucking snl skit or something my life like a reductress (laughs) i swear to god it finally (laughs) happened today this morning on instagram someone commented they're like that didn't happen your stories are made up and i thought you know it's it's been a while and i thought people would accuse me that of more but that's the thing i don't have to be creative and make this shit up shit that that actually happens to us even like people wouldn't believe the shit that happens to us every day we can't even remember it all yeah like buddy i have a good recall i'm not creative i don't make this shit up i just remember it (laughs) 
So anyway, so guy's recommending this book. He's like, oh, you have to read it. And so he paid me like three times more than he should have. And he's like, this is for you. And I thought, well, shit, you're putting me through not the ringer, but the a, paces. You're putting me through the steps. So I feel like, <laughs> sure, I'll take this gratuity. Why would you not? So I have a couple hundred dollars tucked in my shoe and he just wouldn't stop grabbing me. And so I finally just was like, okay, we're done here. And I just slid down his legs and pulled up my britches, you know, my little thong. And it's like tearing at the sides and has makeup on it. And, you know, just walked my humble ass like out of there. And I went over to the bouncer and I said, he's having a hard time keeping his composure. He already paid me. I'm taking care of it. It's fine. I asked another girl too who had had him before. I said, was he a problem for you? She's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I watched you go in there and I was worried. <laughs> and I actually picked the the closer, like smaller lap dance room that's more visible to the club. So mm-hmm. in case there was a problem, people could see it. Um, so I posted about this on Instagram where I was like, hey, Michael, here's the here's the couple hundred bucks you gave me. The irony of the situation is I had to end it because you didn't understand basic consent. So Michael pops up in the comments. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. He says the book is this uh, happy reading. I thought you were knocking me backwards, so I was having a hard time keeping my balance, but it seems like you've already figured out how you feel about things. And I was like, motherfucker, number one, I own this book, okay? (laughs) Number two, I was sober. Number three, three other staff people saw you acting weird and were concerned for me. You drink too much. And I sent him a private message. I was like, hey, this is the last thing I'm going to say, but like, you need to not get that intoxicated when you go out in public. It makes people uncomfortable and it's dangerous for you. Yeah. You know, and I think he actually responded and was like, do you ever read the book? Which is like, you're dead. You're dead to me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so that was a funny one. I really feel like my life is a reductress article. What about you? Hmm. How's your pussy? Well, I guess since the last time I've been on here, I've been having tons and tons and tons of sex. Finally, <laughs> because 2018 really didn't have a lot of that until like the last couple months um so okay i guess i should I just start from the beginning yeah, i haven't really so, talked about this yeah so, so you have a lover i have a lover i have my my european lover who who don't seem very often um even though that's probably gonna change i'm going to berlin in march for like mm-hmm. 10 days and mm-hmm. um anyway so you're excited. I'm very excited. Um, so you're having anyway. all this marathon sex in between not having any sex. Exactly. And so like definitely my last relationship, we definitely did not have that much sex. And then we were, I didn't have sex with anyone after we broke up. And I just, uh, you know, like things are, things have gotten no action down there. And then from getting no action to a ton of action um, after. So my lover was visiting me for about five days and we like did all the stuff. All you the time. All the stuff. You fucked for like five days, basically? Basically fucked for like five days. No wonder your skin looks great. <laughs> <laughs> you have that glow. Thank you. Um, and so <laughs> so it started to hurt about a couple days into it. I was like, man, this kind of hurts. But I was like, I don't fucking care. I don't know when this is going to happen again. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm just going to push through the pain. Never do that. Never push through the pain. Anyway. By the time he he left, I was like in excruciating pain. Like it hurt to sit down. There was a bit where I was sitting on like I got like my I had to sit on my travel pillow mm. because like <laughs> I didn't sit on a chair and like it hurt to pee. And then I sat down to pee and all this blood came out. 
but not like period blood. It was like fresh, was bright, fresh, bright blood. Oh, and that God. terrified me. And it was like the morning my little sister was coming to visit me and the day after my lover left. And I was like, called, you know, called her crying on the way to the airport. And I was like, we have to go to Planned Parenthood because I'm afraid, you know, why? So my, my little sister had to go sit with her big sister oh my at Planned Parenthood while I got my torn up pussy looked at. Um, so, so basically I had <laughs> like little abrasions in there that were bleeding and a raging fucking UTI. Oof. Yeah. Isn't that great? Do and you think I you also were good about peeing after sex. I mean, I think I am, but here's the thing. I guess when a couple things, when you're fucking so much that you're swelling, yeah. it just pushes bacteria like back up in there. And I remember a lot, I'm really UTI prone and a really long time ago, a doctor kind of brought up to me that I it's I get so many UTIs, it's possible that I might have a little kink mm. in my urethra. Like some people have those and it's like, he's like, we can send you to a urologist for a referral. And I was like, oh, what's, no, you know. But uh, so God. anyway, like I thought I was practicing good sexual hygiene, but I guess. Do the best you, know, you can. Do the best you can. <laughs> um, so basically the, the guy in there was like, you need to use lube. Yes. If you're going to be having that much sex, even though you feel like you're wet and you feel like things are fine, you know, you need to use lube on top of that. Uh-huh. So I did I, that. I did tell you this. <laughs> yeah, she did. But, you know, I don't know. I just didn't think about it and I thought everything was fine. So um, anyway, so that was fucking horrible. It yeah. was horrible to literally get your vagina torn open, even though it was fun in the process. And so then what's I the takeaway from this? Like, what would you do differently next time? Use, I mean use lube. And I tell you what, here's the other thing, too, that I tried to do. So I just went to go visit him out of state where he was visiting his family. And now, now I have a nice, like, raging yeasty from that. Mm. Oh, the fun never ends. But I didn't get a UTI or get torn up this time. And I tell you, there's a couple of reasons why I think that is. And for one, it was for lube. And the other thing is too is if you're having a lot of sex I think sometimes even if you feel like you're ready to do it again and you haven't had much foreplay now we kind of do this thing where I I come before we have <gasps> intercourse so everything is like super gushy and then I can usually do it again I'm but, so happy right now because this is how a lot of sex should be for people anyway yeah it's almost more of it's a like kind of like we have i mean god and sometimes it's, it's fucking exhausting coming sometimes sometimes i just can't but it's mm -hmm. just you know if you're doing it three four possibly more times in a day like you have to do everything possible to like keep yourself at the height of being like super super turned on so you don't dry things up and, and rip it open because it's painful and expensive oh, <laughs> so yeah yeah and also um it's a good reminder to be more creative like just because you have a pussy like you have your hands you have your mouth you have your tits you have your chest you have your feet you there's have your all stomach. kinds of things and you like, can, like talk dirty and nasty i mean there's all sorts yeah. of things be like my pussy's do. so sore because you just fucked it wide open i want you to jack yourself off i'm gonna watch you know, <laughs> like might have done that. Do did you <laughs> drink your coffee? Let's take a break. Attention service and sex industry workers. Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing a holistic option for after your shift with new 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. class times. Seeking Space is rooted in empathy 
and they've combined creative flows and experienced teachers to provide a safe, inviting space for any and all wishing to find peace on the mat. Need a little motivation? They are offering 10% off on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the Seeking Space Yoga app for more information and a full list of class times. If you're looking to jazz up a jacket, bag, or just your fine self, our friends at Gimme Flare have everything you could possibly need. Gimme Flare is the largest online retailer of pins and patches that range from the cute and sweet to the snarky and slutty. They are sex positive, queer friendly, and aim to crush mental health stigma, all with fun flair from around the globe. Check out gimmeflare.com to browse items from over 250 plus artists. Strange Bedfellows is also brought to you by Black Bulb Podcast. If you've ever wondered about the deeper meaning behind some of today's art, why not hear from the artists themselves? Your hosts, Alex and Ben, collect influential artists of the West Coast to discover how they seek inspiration, how they handle mental health, and how to make a living as an artist in today's digital world. All discussed on Black Bulb Podcast. That's black like the color and bulb like a light bulb. Oh, nice. Here's a nice unsolicited so this letter. <laughs> yeah, it's unsolicited letters time. I got this one into my Instagram. Uh, go ahead. I like this you one. You want me to read it? Okay. I want you to read this one. And I actually included this one because we're coming to the end of our season pretty soon. I don't know if we'll do another unsolicited letters. And I actually really, this is one of those ones where my eyebrows probably danced a lot while reading it. And then I thought it was pretty positive. So I thought hmm. we'd end with that. Okay. Seeing now that you're reading your DMs, I got a confession to make. At first, I started following you for boobs and tattoos. Then I was offended about what you talk and ranted about. But then you just make me understand that all those beliefs we have inherited without noticing are just so stupid that we get offended without knowing why. Ha ha ha. Now I love to see boobs sometimes, learn sometimes, and Jesus memes. Ha ha ha. I love them. Please continue to keep it real because you are changing shit. Oh, that's so nice. Isn't that great? What a nice... Un Can we have more of those and, and less of the other kind? We could Please? do both. <laughs> That's true. If we do a second season, maybe we could do both. But I do get a lot of really positive letters from people, and I don't want to act like I don't. Um, it's just that the negative ones are so much more memorable, which is kind of a right. crappy way to live, but that's also, I don't know, how Aww. a lot of us feel. Isn't that sweet? It was really nice. Yeah. I appreciate the crossover, like, especially male audience, that here's the problem. Look. When you are so fucking radicalized, you're only preaching to your followers, which I am so guilty of. I've done that before. You're not teaching anyone. You're not introducing many people. Um, so you have to reach over to the aisle uh, because people's perspectives are legitimate. And a lot of men act like fucking creepy, scary, unpredictable assholes because they are afraid and they're confused. That's what shame and they're ashamed too. Mm -hmm. So I went on a date with a lady last night and it's so interesting because it really confuses my brain and all the like gender fuck um, gender roles that I've like have in there because I'm like, okay, what is my role in this? And I have to still deconstruct like the idea of female and, and male roles. But I realized I felt like a creepy dude because it had been a couple days since we had agreed to go on the date 
and I like her photos. I think she's hot. We have some things in common. There's things that are mysterious to me. And I wanted to message her. I was like, oh, my God, I want to chat with this babe. But I don't want to be like nosy or creepy or pushy. Right. So I found myself with my thumb like trying to type a message and being like, I am that guy right now because I wanted to be like, hey, it's really hard for me to stalk you on Instagram because you don't post very much. And then I was like, wait, I'm not talking to my friend. How would I feel if some date was like, bitch, let me see your pictures, you know? <laughs> so it just really humbled me to put me back in that spot. Like I'm a hot femme presenting person you are too that scares people they don't know how to talk to women so they talk like fucking assholes so that's why we make this show i guess is to maybe like help people learn how to talk to each other uh speaking of which how did your date go you know i think i made a friend okay we, yeah we did not nothing like even went sexual but we have a lot of shit in common and then, well, that's uh, cool yeah so we're gonna trade some she's a uh, porn shop clerk and like wants to become sex educator person so I'm like, that's cool <laughs> that is so cool she's real yeah and she's very nice no you don't know her i don't yeah I you don't know you her you showed me pictures and i didn't no, know you don't was. know her isn't she pretty though she's very pretty she's very pretty um so let's do some listener questions Alrighty. Do you want to read this one? Sure. I'm a female and have recently gotten out of a seven-year relationship and started dating someone who prefers an open relationship, which is amazing. The only struggle I have is that recently he stated that he usually prefers a sub-role, especially when sharing an intimate experience together with others. I've, also, I've always taken and preferred the sub-role, which he acclimates to just fine, but it has been difficult for me to switch over and provide him the experience he enjoys. He offers gentle guidance and reassurance regularly, but I find it is still a struggle to get comfortable and I feel as though I end up falling flat. He very regularly meets my needs and I would appreciate any tips on how to get into the headspace to meet his as well. Hmm. I identify with that. So did I tell you me and B had a fun little pegging adventure? Um, you mentioned it, but I don't know what happened. So. so we can talk more about I'll tell you a little bit about that uh, later. Um, so I totally identify with this question because for a long time I was like, I'm a sub or I'm a switch. I'm not a dom. Like I have re plenty of recordings of me saying, I'm not a dom. Um, what is a switch? When you can do both or like okay. versatile. Okay. Like in gay talk, oh, gay culture, it's a lot of times it's like verse, like top or bottom. Are you top, bottom or verse? Uh, okay. So the, there's a, a few really, really rad things here. It's cool that you're in an open relationship because if you can't very often provide him with a dominance experience, he has other people that maybe can. Right. Um, look to see what their cues are. Like I have a really hard time getting into a dom space until I figure out what cues work for B. So like putting, I put a chain on him in our, I started putting a collar on him. It's my collar. He actually had it made for me, but I don't have one for him. So I said to myself, let's see if this fits. Cause he reacts really well to like bondage of sorts. Mm. Like if I tied underwear around his dick or his throat, he, it would send him into maybe like a subspace, like almost immediately. Oh, so knowing that I brought out my, it's a collar and it goes to the wrists and you can have it in the front or the back just depending on which way you turn it and as soon as I pulled it out I saw him perk up and that gave me the encouragement to keep going okay you know so like if you can objectively identify some of your partner's arousal cues um, it might really help you to just you know follow those and get into the swing of things because I felt more confident 
when I could see that I was getting good feedback, you know, like, like you should keep going that direction. Right. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, B and I talked about it a ton. We did a bonus episode on our Patreon. I think it's called pegging episode, (laughs) but folks, you can (laughs) listen to it on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows for just a dollar. But we talked about the whole experience and a big part that really, really helped me get into this Dom role, which I didn't know came fucking amazingly once I was in the zone oh my god I've never wanted to fuck someone so much like to just rail them and he's like slow down did you rail him oh I railed him for like 90 minutes that's the thing we used a lot of lube we had a lot of position changes we had to go really slow like there was a lot of dynamic of talking but in terms of this question so find out your partner's arousal cues there's a ton of books and I'll just name some there's the new topping book by Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy. We have all of these, not all of these, we have most of these on our resources list on strangebedfellowspdx.com. Down and Dirty Sex Secrets by Tristan Terramino. These are all just to give you ideas. Uh, Fetish Sex by Violet Blue. Spanking for Lovers by Janet Hardy. Sex Tips from a Dominatrix, Patricia Payne. The Ultimate Guide to Kink by Tristan Terramino. And then we had our guests on Subrosa. Uh, Mona Darling wrote kinky sex tips for curious girls. So these are all things that you as a sub or a switch can get inspiration to like be a dom. Um, and if you really, really can't do it, it's just not your headspace and you can tell him that. Um, or you can just do very, very small like bits of play. Like what I said earlier where I'm like, sit down, I'm gonna watch you jack off. You know, like if you can... Do something like that, maybe, where it's not like a whole scene. I hope that goes well for you. <laughs> Do you have any other suggestions? That's, I think that's like... I don't really have any experience of being a dom. I feel like I usually fall onto the other... Yeah. It's, which is weird, because actually I feel like I'm a fairly like domineering person, and I'd probably be good at it. I just don't necessarily get... I don't know, it's not what I want with my partner, but it's, but it's what I want to do to other people sometimes, you know? It just yeah it's that's really common though it's like when you work so hard and you make so many decisions and maybe you're in charge of every aspect of your life when you have sex maybe you don't want to be in charge of a whole lot so that's when we starfish it and lay out flat <laughs> right <laughs> no that's definitely um where I mean I like to be an active participant sure but I'm not the one doing the spanking okay know? okay all right. Yeah. No, I've I've started. I'm now the one doing the spanking. It's really interesting. God, I really identified with, again, like feeling like the other side of an experience where like I don't have a cock and mine, it still wasn't attached to my body, but I started having this like attachment experience. I was going to say you were identifying with it. In a- I was. I could almost feel the insides of him. Weird. Yeah. And I had an orgasm actually. Oh. I had an orgasm because what he did was he had been on his back and he's a large dude, you know, so it was also very psychological. But he kind of he was like, wait, hold on. And he pulled it out. And again, like he has great butt hygiene. I could have sworn I, I was like, did you do an enema before this? How did you know? But like we didn't deal with any poo residue. So that was awesome. We just got lucky with that. <laughs> um, but he says, hold on. And he turns over and he like very small. He's doing like face down ass up. And I was like, oh, what a tender little baby. I'm just going to fucking get. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, it was like I felt these urges where it just kind of came over me naturally. And I was like, must destroy without hurting. 
you know, he's mm-hmm. like, slow down, slow down. But it kind of just came over me. So that came naturally. And that was a side I didn't know I had. Like that's how men feel. Yes. And we, yes. Like, I, that's so interesting. I felt so powerful and fearful of the power because I didn't want to hurt him. Mm. Um, and then I started to kind of like, if I would go into my pleasure zone, start to space out and like maybe fuck him faster than he was comfortable with. And he was like, slow down. I'm like, oh yeah, shit. Because that's happened to me. See, that's what, I was just saying, that's what scares me so much about about ass sex is like I'm not I mean I've now had a couple of fingers in there which I was very proud of myself I'm like two fingers that's insane um but I'm not really quite at a place yet where I need to be damn sure that you have enough self-control not to even when it starts to feel real good not Mm -hmm. to go to town on my ass because that thing that happened with my pussy Mm -hmm. I don't want that happening to my ass too it's Mm -hmm. like ugh yeah, and you that's know. and that's okay to give reminders because he had to remind me and I've had to remind him. How did he remind you? Was he just like, hey, like, slow, slow down? down or slow down. He put a hand up. Okay. That's a nice way actually to yeah to kind of slow the pace down a yeah, little bit. Yeah, just ask for what you need. Slow down. Uh, I have no, you know, like I don't know. Um, it's not my ass that's being fucked. It's not my man pussy that's being fucked. Like you tell me. <laughs> So again, if you are a partner and you are the one receiving the cocks and the toys, tell your partner what's going on because they don't fucking know if you don't tell them. And it's really, really easy to kind of get in your own pleasure space. Mm, right. Mm. And what feels good. This feels very good for me. This feels and maybe so, not so good. good. How is my partner doing? You know, mm. well, I assume my partner's fine because they didn't say anything. Meanwhile, they're like, oh, I hate this. You know, I want this right. to end. But- or they're like, you can't see the tears running down their face because they're just trying to like, oh, just <laughs> oh, take God. it, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, talk to your partners. And if you realize that you're scared to talk to your partner, that tells you something about the safety of the relationship. Do you especially do this, I think, when the other person is like facing away from you, like from behind, because you can't see their face. Mm-hmm. You can't see pain no you can't and that's again why people need to be careful when they're doing bondage stuff because if you have a gag in your mouth blindfold over your eyes your hands behind your back how do you communicate to your partner do you did you figure out like oh do you make a circle symbol with your hands you know like do you start snapping (laughs) like figure it out you got to talk about Mm. this stuff and a lot of people we don't know because we're not raised with that uh next question do you have any advice for having to go to work after a breakup I'm so heartbroken. It literally feels like I'm dying physically and I can't stop crying and being naked and vulnerable seems to make it worse. Oh, this I've is from a stripper. been there. Bless your heart. Um, you so, know, knock wood, not in a long time, but oh, fuck. fuck, you know, yeah. I've definitely been there when it's all you and you can't leave it at home, but you know, you got to make rent money. Yep. Um, time to do the thing. My advice to you is definitely don't get drunk. you're not going to make any money if you're the weeping person bitching to a potential money source about your boyfriend about your boyfriend yeah don't yeah please don't do that you wouldn't do that in any other job don't do that this one i know it's harder because the alcohol's there but if you're a car salesman you can't get drunk and start complaining to your potential buyers you know um don't check your phone don't be on your phone like literally i know your phone i used to leave my phone in the car so i wouldn't be checking it constantly See, I will leave mine with the DJ, but now it sucks because with like Snapchat, Instagram and stories, people are constantly updating their phone. So mm-hmm. if you can do it for like the six to eight hours, I don't know how long your your shift is, but like, or even half of that, 
don't check your phone. It's going to distract you. And also, if you're in the back checking your phone, you're not on the floor yeah. making Don't money. argue. Don't argue with the person who you're pining over. Like, just, I'm at work. I'll talk to you in six hours. That's a strong boundary. And if you have an ex that you're going through turmoil with or a partner or a person, and they want to engage in that, like, sabotaging, like, painful I'm going to tell you things that hurt you and then tell you things that you like to try to like control and abuse, whatever. Put up your boundary and be like, I have to put my phone away. I'm at work because that is a strong boundary. And anybody who actually respects you will be like, oh, shit. And anybody who doesn't will be like, oh, shit. (laughs) I'm kind of powerless to like impact this person if I can't, if they're not looking at my messages. Um, Make up a lie about why you're sad. So it's okay that you're sad. Make up another reason. Tell customers your pet is sick. Something neutral. Hmm. Something very neutral. Um, Don't make it your whole deal. But if you're like, oh, I'm kind of having like a rough day. My pet's sick. And like, if you want to lie about it, just don't make it about your partner. Yeah. Even that being said, I remember one. I remember actually having some surprising success with being like, I just got dumped by a douchebag. Okay, we'll do that. That's fine. And people being like, Oh my God, who would dump you? You're so fucking hot, you know? And, do ugh. that, do that. But don't be like, I don't understand don't, why he always... Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, don't, they don't, care. don't cry. Don't whine to them. They don't want to hear Never about another man. To them. Or but, woman, probably. But if you can make... If you can just like suck it up and make something playful out of it and be like, can you believe this yeah. douchebag just... To the right audience, you know, yeah, to sure, the right maybe. Person. You said you've had good luck with that. I did have good luck with that. I like that. But again, it's how you present. You know, if you're like, I want to talk about my ex. It's like, no, yeah, don't I do will that. say like, um, I mean, the sex industry, it's so weird. It can go either way. You know, when you're really feeling down, like sometimes people smell it like blood in the water and mm-hmm. they will like do the final blow. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it can go the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you get lucky and it goes the other way. And mm-hmm. people remind you that you're like a powerful, sexy beast mm-hmm. that people pay shitloads of money to look at naked. Hopefully. because you're hopefully because you're hot you know so maybe and it funny maybe, and maybe working can be helpful can be helpful in that respect if you have that those kinds of nights where people are like oh my god what kind of loser would ever dump you you're so fucking hot and they're just throwing money at you and buying dances off you so and if you have a really jealous if you have a jealous mind and you're still like stuck in our old ways of thinking which i sometimes dip into if I've, cause I, God, I've been stripping for 10 years. I've worked through a few breakups. If you're like, oh my God, it's killing me that I know that so-and-so is with this person I don't like or whatever. Turn that around and say, you know what? I'm around so many men and women or whoever right now. Like, let's see how many people I can get to like rub up next to, you know, like mm. if you think someone's quote cheating on you, then quote, cheat on them and get fucking active and start finding people around you at work. Like I've made so much money when I was depressed because I was like, I want to be touched. I want to be validated. I want to get money. (laughs) And also too, you know, if you can afford it, you know, if you can afford to just take two or three days off for the worst of it, you might just need to sleep Yeah, for, for just a day or two, you know, and don't force it if you, if you can afford it. But also, like, another bit of breakup advice, um, and this might be harder if you have kids with this person or you're sharing a house with or a car payment or something with this person and you can't have no contact with them. But I cannot stress to you how beneficial it is for me whenever I go through any sort of contentious breakup 
to have a period of no contact with this person where I'm not hearing how their day is, where they're not just popping up. It's like, a, it's been a week, I'm feeling better. And then you get the, hey, text. Mm -hmm. I, I believe in a good, solid, I mean, depending on the length of your relationship, and it sounds like this is a really devastating one, mm -hmm. consider cutting them the fuck out of your life Mm -hmm. absolutely completely if you can mm -hmm. um it's so helpful and tell Don't, mutual yeah. friends say i'm having a hard time with this breakup i need to unfollow people who might hang out with them because it's upsetting for me to see photos and stuff you didn't do anything wrong but i need this space and i hope you understand yeah respect yeah you can copy paste that shit you know but and if someone is not okay with that they're insensitive and fuck them <laughs> because everybody's friends with each other too so you might be scrolling right. through and you see oh great now i know oh god is he fucking her you know <laughs> go down that wormhole absolutely yeah yeah i mean do whatever you have to but you know what it's one way to have like when you're going through a really devastating breakup it feels like you have no control the other person especially if you're the one that's been dumped the other person has control over the terms of this whole thing that is one way to say i value myself and my sanity and i may not and my future enough to say no to you coming back into my life until I feel ready mm -hmm. for it and a set amount of time has passed, if or, ever. Or not at all. Yeah, or I still pat myself on the back for not letting people back into my space because it was always, it always went badly for yeah, me. Yeah, and end. you wouldn't believe how empowering it is. You'll feel fucking awful. It'll be hard for a couple of weeks, but like about a month out, mm -hmm. you'll, you'll realize you might have gone a couple hours without thinking about them. You'll look around, you might make a new plan. You'll be like, oh, I'm planning on doing this other thing or oh, I've worked a bunch and made mm -hmm. a bunch of money and now I can you know mm -hmm. now I have some financial peace of mind it will get better yeah and you'll start to make plans that don't include mm -hmm. this person mm -hmm. and that's important you know and also I told her um as far as being on shift and having to go to work bring a comfort item bring a blanket or a sweater or a comfort item to wrap up in between breaks or stage if it's really like you're not gonna be able to sell a dance you can't talk to people but you have to go on stage Go on stage, sit in the dressing room, wrap yourself in your blankie, you know, like sip tea. Yeah. Do what you repeat. <laughs> also, too, you know, it might be helpful. Maybe just let the DJ know Just say, hey, I'm going I'm here to do my job and I'm trying to hold it together and I'm going to do my best. But will you be a little gentle with me yeah. today? Like maybe don't scream at me. I'm really struggling. But I'm going to do my best to be professional. Oh, my God. I fucking so love please, it when coworkers are so like, please help. Just hear me out, you know. Yep. You'd be surprised even people that don't like you <laughs> you know and you usually don't get along with or are abrasive will usually you know mm -hmm. give you a hug and say okay mm -hmm. you know when i had my um i had to have a screening because my it i got tested for hpv um, i tested positive for a strain of it and they didn't know which strain so i had to do a colposcopy to see if it was a cancer causing strain so, or I didn't have to, but I, it was strongly recommended and I chose to. So I did. And I was very nervous about that. And I remember tearing up a little bit in the dressing room, talking to two girls that I was comfortable with. And one of them who'd been picking on me for quite a while, she actually didn't fuck with me that day. <laughs> there you go. And I was like, wow, being vulnerable is great sometimes. Uh... Hey friends, do you get sore muscles or stiff joints like us? How's your skin? Is it dry, itchy, irritated, bruised, or sunburned? If so, it sounds like you need some Nabalm in your pocket. Nabalm, that's N-A-E-B-A-L-M, is an all-natural skin and body balm handmade right here in Portland. 
Nabon products use a base of organic olive oil and beeswax followed by an infusion of therapeutic essential oils, each of which provides all sorts of benefit. Oh yes, and they smell amazing. To learn more, check out nabalm.com or search Nabalm on Facebook or Instagram. Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. Strange Bedfellows is sponsored in part by Comic Strip. This original Funhouse Lounge show is still the hottest ticket in town. Four of the best local and traveling comics take the stage and tell their jokes. And each time the strip master rings the bell, the comic must remove an article of clothing to continue their set. It's barely funny. Hosted by the talented, hot mess that is Chris Etrick. Comic Strip is every last Friday of every month at Funhouse Lounge, located in sexy Portland, Oregon. Visit purplepass.com slash comic strip for discounted pre-sale tickets. The show is 21 plus and follow them on Instagram at comic strip PDX. All right. Welcome back. Jen and I are going to do a little FOSTA update. Okay. Um, what, um, is this about the employee stuff or just FOSTA stuff? Well, you know, yeah. so the employee status with California strippers, the deja vu, uh, and I believe other corporate strip clubs might be doing this as well, but as of November, all the Deja Vu clubs uh, turned their dancers' worker status from independent contractor to employee status mm -hmm. and started taking a shitload of their money up to 80%. And we talked about that. Right. And they can't work over... It says here that you can't... They can't work over 25 hours a week. Yeah. So wow. I received this update from a, a, a gal down there. She said, they did this to us in a very sly fashion and gave us no warning. This law is supposed to affect all independent contractors, but of course they attack sex workers first. We don't get to work over 25 hours a week, which makes us part-time employees and therefore not eligible for the benefits. We are terrified, is what she says. God, that sucks. So again, if anybody ever says, I want to be, I think workers should, or I think strippers should get an hourly wage, check yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because you might, it might be independent or it might be minimum wage and then the club keeps all your tips, but hey, you're getting an hourly wage. Congratulations. I mean, and if you weren't making that before, that's good for you, but I don't think, I don't think a lot of us do this to yeah. make minimum wage. Because minimum wage after taxes and a six hour shift is like 50 bucks. So, yeah, no. Um, and then I got another message. This one is just sad. Do you happen to know what states are still good for dancing? My life has recently just totally fallen apart and I struggle to pay bills because no sugar daddy actually has money and the dance world in Miami has gone to shit from girls who lower their standards and fuck guys for $50 when they should be charging $25 for a dance. The whole industry is ruined. I had to drop out of college because of money. I don't have my rent because my day job just screwed me on my paycheck. I don't know what to do anymore. 
I recommended her to um, a couple campsites that I've worked for. Yeah, that's a good way. And honestly, well, Miami is a long way from Georgia, but Florida, I mean. Florida's garbage. I hate Florida. Florida's I'm so garbage, sorry. but you know what? I, I don't know about now, but Atlanta always used to be a guaranteed moneymaker. So, the permit costs a lot of money, but there's so many clubs up there, and it's a it's a big place, big happening place. So Yeah, I mean, and it very much depends because I remember uh, watching a popular Instagrammer a couple years ago say that it was very, very difficult to make $300 on a shift in their Atlanta club really? and that there was like a hundred girls. Well, I'm sorry. Mm. She said 80 girls in the club. Oh, working. that is true. Right. So, um, basically again, the update is FOSTA still sucks. Uh, <laughs> so there's a really good article. This is, related to I guess everything we ever talk about ever uh it's it's an opinion piece it says black women punished for self-defense must be freed from their cages it's by Mariam Kaba um so it goes over the history of starting with slavery black people especially black women were property um slave owners were never I mean, it wasn't considered probable that you could, quote, rape a slave because a slave wasn't a person, according to U.S. law, for a very, mm -hmm. very long time. So they're saying even after slavery ended and abolitions and civil rights movements, obviously we're still pretty deeply entrenched in these ways of thinking. <laughs> uh, and the article talks about how the majority of women in prisons and jails are black, non-Hispanic females or black females or Hispanic females. Um, oh, my God. I went to this women in prison conference. Uh, did I tell you about that? It was like you a said it was very ago. interesting. There was a woman um, who spoke who had spent like seven years in prison and gotten out, and she it just sorry this just reminded me of this thing that she said that a lot of women commit crimes and they're in abusive relationships, and then they go into a system where the dynamics literally mimic the relationships that brought them there mm. in the first place. Like, but it was so powerful. Um, how she spoke and what she said and it was and she was a woman of color so that's exactly what Miriam Kaba is talking about here she says sociologist Beth Ritchie has suggested that a key to responding to women in conflict with the law is understanding their status as crime victims so multiple studies indicate that between 71 and 95 percent of incarcerated women have experienced physical violence from an intimate partner Many have experienced multiple forms of physical and sexual abuse in childhood and as adults. This reality has been termed the pr abuse to prison pipeline. Well, that's also the whole like so um, on Thursday of this week, I start. Um, I really can't talk about it. I start doing being participating in, in a research, mm -hmm. a big, large scale research mm -hmm. project about this topic, about this topic, like Amazing. it's an official interviewer. And that's all like. That's all you're going to be doing? Because this is what, I mean, behind the scenes, what they think, this is, will just be more data to back this this up. Yeah, that's basically. what it's going to end up being. Yet another study that supports this. Right. So. so it says these numbers are so high because survivors are systematically punished for taking action to protect themselves and their children while living in unstable and dangerous conditions. Survivors are criminalized for self-defense, failing to control abusers' violence, migration, removing their children from situations of abuse, being coerced into criminal 
activity and securing resources needed to live day to day while suffering economic abuse. So anyway, the point of this, the author of this, Mariam Kaba, she says she founded an organization called Survived and Punished, S&P, and it focuses on freeing criminalized survivors of gender-based violence. Uh, of course, they talk about Centoya Brown, how she's an example of this. Mm. Um, that started with talking about a slave woman who killed her master and burned him in the fireplace after he'd been raping her for years and she'd birthed three of his children. Um, and so <sighs> she was hung in 1855, uh, found guilty of murder, regardless of the conditions that brought her to that. Um, and then in a more recent one in January of 2017, there was a mother, Marissa Alexander. She had been given, she had given birth to her third child nine days earlier when her estranged husband who hadn't been around in years, apparently showed up at the front door. She used a gun that she was licensed to own and fired a single shot into the air who admitted in a subsequent deposition to having abused every woman he's ever been pardoned with except for one, even though all of this, she's in Florida the jury deliberated for 12 minutes and they convicted her to a minimum sentence of 20 years and said that her stand your ground defense was ineligible because she didn't appear afraid. That's like the same, <laughs> right? It, it makes me think of, um, God, just all this week, you know, about um, with uh Ocasio, am I saying mm. Ocasio Cortez mm -hmm. and Elizabeth Warren announcing your candidacy? I take back all the shit I said about Ocasio Cortez. You like her now? Yeah, I'm changing my tune. She's cute, right? She's yeah, she's cute. okay. She's definitely better <laughs> she's than getting dragged by a bunch of fucking old white dudes, right? Yeah, let her let her breathe. She's doing but all right. But it's so much of, especially like all the criticisms that are already being lobbed against Warren. You know, it's like. Is she, she's a good leader, but is she likable? And that's always what comes back. Is, Who gives you know, a but shit? But that's always how it is with women. It's yeah. important for, we're judged to a standard. We, are we likable? Mm -hmm. She's, she has all these skills that the men have, but mm -hmm. she's just not likable. So we know? have to end this episode, so. but as far as advice, I want to, <laughs> never thought I'd say this, but I was watching a My Little Pony episode last week with my <laughs> child. And I, I'm watching this because I'm like, I don't know if I like this messaging. And I still don't really. But one of the ponies was being held by the bad guys and she was playing dumb and helpless the whole time. And at the end of it, the other ponies were like, it doesn't matter if you're not big and strong and tough. You can use your mind and pretend to be helpless and stupid and you can outsmart people that way. And sometimes you can, sometimes <laughs> you can't. So if there's anything women have to do, whether it's Elizabeth Warren or the fucking justice system, maybe just try to be charming and do the best you can. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, that's what juries respond to. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Are you we're in the dark victim? ages still. Yeah. I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. I just had to calmly fire a warning shot like a bitch in charge. <sighs> well, Jen, I hope your pussy feels better and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Yes. Until next time. For more Strange Bedfellows, check us out on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows and become a supporter for access to behind-the-scenes material and extra content. My name is Elle Stanger, and you can find me at stripperwriter.com and on Instagram at stripperwriter. And my name is Jen. You can reach me on strangebedfellowspdx.com.